Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or the Notorious Fantasy. And in today's video, I'm going to be talking about the safest players to target in fantasy football in 2020. Now, no player is necessarily completely safe because anyone could eventually end up getting hurt. Even some guy that has a clean record, he's only missed a game or two in his long, long NFL career, and he just ends up getting absolutely whacked. Tanya Harding style just gets slapped in the knee by some pipe, so that could happen. But at the end of the day, these are the guys that I like to target due to the fact that I feel like they are very, very safe coming for this fantasy football season. So if you guys end up enjoying this video at any point, please make sure to click that subscribe button down below. It's free. I'm going to be producing content every single day to help you guys win your 2020 fantasy football championship. So let's get right into it. Safest players to target for fantasy football in 2020. First guy here is the most obvious pick of them all. Wide receiver Julio Jones of the Atlanta Falcons, FFPC ADP 19 If you guys are new here, FFPC ADP pretty much means ADP is average draft position and FFPC is a website that hosts high stakes drafts. So high stakes is like a hundred plus dollar drafts that are happening now and have been happening since April, but obviously it updates every single time there's drafts. So now it's 19.7. So he's a second round pick out of the Atlanta Falcons, six foot three, 220 pounds. He was a first round pick a bunch of years ago. Now he's 31 years old. His workout metrics are one of a beauty after he came out of college. 95th percentile 40-yard dash with a 4.39, 98th percentile speed score, 94th percentile burst score, 85th percentile agility score, and a 98th percentile catch radius, unless that catch is in the end zone. In that case, he's probably going to end up with butter fingers. Uh, obviously, Julio Jones right now, ADP wide receiver 5 off the board. I have him as my wide receiver 3. Overall pick 19, and he's a second round pick. He is wide receiver number 3 last season in 2019, 18.3 PPR points per game. Ranking 3rd at wide receiver, he played 15 total games, 274.1 PPR points in that season, 156 targets, which is 10.4 per game, second in the NFL. 99 total reception, reception 6.6 per game, 5th at wide receiver, 1,394 yards, 92.9 per game, second amongst wide receivers. So his targets, receptions, and yards are what I mostly want to talk about with Julio Jones. That is where the safety comes in. You know this guy is going to get 150 to 160, even maybe even more targets considering this offense is the most pass-heavy offense in the NFL, at least they were last year, and I wouldn't assume anything would change. Maybe the third highest passing attempts, but he's still going to get a lot of targets, especially now that Mohamed Sanu is gone, and now it's really Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones as the main pass catchers on the team now his downside obviously comes with the red zone receptions not actually the red zone receptions because he has 12 red zone receptions seventh amongst wide receivers what happens is those red zone receptions never turn into anything and he only scored six touchdowns 22nd amongst wide receivers now I know there's gonna be people thinking oh he only scored six touchdowns last year Nick that's gotta go up no it doesn't Julio Jones just doesn't find the end zone it's his character flaw it's like in superhero movies fucking Superman's flaw is the kryptonite he can't do anything with the kryptonite. Julio Jones is kryptonite is the goddamn end zone because he can't fucking mosey his way in there more than seven times a year. It just makes no sense. You would think Julio Jones, a guy seeing 156 targets, might be able to score 10 touchdowns, but he hits you with the Dikembe no-no-no. He cannot do that, but overall, I feel he's a very safe player. Now, if you look at his splits last season with Mohamed Sanu versus with out. So with Mohamed Sanu is on the left side of the screen. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm going to read out the numbers for you. So in split with Mohamed Sanu, he played seven games versus eight without Mohamed Sanu. He had more half PPR points, 15.56 without Mohamed Sanu versus 14.3 with. 
His PPR point total was also higher without Muhammad Sanu, 19.25 per game versus 17. His reception total went up by almost two, 7.38 receptions per game without Mohamed Sanu versus 5.71 with. Something important to note is he was actually scoring more touchdowns with Mohamed Sanu in the games with .57 per game versus .25 without Mohamed Sanu, but I don't think that matters because Julio Jones never scores goddamn touchdowns. Anyways, 11.75 targets per game without Mohamed Sanu versus 8.86. So the target total really went up once Mohamed Sanu was gone and 104.25 yards per game versus 80 yards per game without Mohamed Sanu. So I think we really see an excellent year out of Julio Jones yet again. Mohamed Sanu being there or not is really just the icing on the cake of why I believe Julio Jones is so safe. If Mohamed Sanu was there, I'd feel he's safe. If Mohamed Sanu was not there, I would feel he's safe. Now, Julio Jones is one of these motherfuckers who's always on the injury report. He's always got that questionable. But pretty much 99% of the time, he's actually going to play in the game. So you don't have to worry about it. But it is something mentally tasking every week when all the way up to Sunday, it's like, is Julio going to play? Is Julio not going to play? The motherfucker always is going to play. He only missed one game last season. That's the typical Julio missing a game or two. So the next running back or the next player here, actually, that I believe is actually safe is Le'Veon Bell. And this is going to be the most controversial player out of all the players I'm going to be talking about in this video, because many believe Le'Veon Bell did them dirty last year. They think he absolutely clapped them in the ass using, I don't even know what, it was very dirty what he did to a lot of us. Le'Veon Bell running back, obviously now of the New York Football Jets, FFPC, ADP 34.78. Le'Veon Bell, six foot one, 200 and 30 pounds, 460 40-yard dash, which doesn't seem to matter because what the guy does is they hand him the rock, he stands behind the line, he does the shimmy sham, and then he runs after like a second of shimmy shamming behind the line, finding the big ass hole. But the problem is the hole for the Jets isn't as good, but they obviously brought in new pieces in the offseason to actually help out the New York football Jets offensive line. So Le'Veon Bell may be more productive this year. 102.7 speed score, 72nd percentile, 21st percentile, burst score, 92nd percentile, agility score, and 80th percentile bench press. But with some of these players, the workout metrics really show how good the guy is, like Julio Jones. That dude's a fucking freak of nature, and everyone knows that. Le'Veon Bell, also a freak of nature, but his workout metrics don't tell you that. Le'Veon Bell is now 28.4 years old, so he's getting up there in age. But as a running back, you can definitely be productive up into your 30s, so that doesn't really mean too much. It just means that he's not 25 anymore, which you obviously probably knew. So Le'Veon Bell right now, running back ADP number 20, coming off the board overall pick 35, and he is a third-round pick. Now, he finished running back number 16 last year in 15 games, which makes me very fucking confused how he's even running back 20 off the board if he produced that good last year in a situation that you could argue was worse considering Mono Man Sam wasn't even there for some time. But funny thing is he actually played better without Sam Darnold on the field. So 14.2 PPR points per game, 18th at running back, 246 carries, 16.4 per game, 11th at running back, 789 rushing yards, 52.6 per game, 23rd at running back, 78 total targets, 5.2 per game, 7th at running back, 66 receptions, 4.4 per game, 7th at running back. Now these targets and receptions total is what is going to be the bread and butter for Le'Veon Bell come 2020 and has been pretty much for his whole entire career. When in a half PPR league or a PPR league, a guy that is going to be seeing potentially 100 targets. I wouldn't be surprised if Le'Veon Bell saw 100 targets out of the backfield 
being so useful for your goddamn team. The receiving work for Le'Veon Bell is what's going to boost him up. Now, I understand last year his yards per carry number was god-awful. It was way below five. I think it was around three yards per carry, which is fucking terrible. The only worry for for Le'Veon Bell, to me, is the coaching situation there. Adam Gaze is too busy snorting the coke to figure out how to give Le'Veon Bell the fucking ball. That's the only worry is the coaching. The team is good. The offensive line is fine. The quarterback play is fine. The wide receivers around him are fine. So as long as Le'Veon Bell is getting the touches, he should be good. Now, you shouldn't view him as an unsafe player because you drafted him in the first round last year, and he fucked you over. That's not why you should view him as unsafe, because going as running back 20, he is very, very safe. In the third round, I will happily take Le'Veon Bell almost 100% of the time due to the fact that I think his season is going to be much better than last year. His red zone touches 27, 1.8 per game, 27th in the NFL, and he only scored four total touchdowns now, which was 42nd at running back, which is very low, obviously. There's only 32 starting running backs, and this motherfucker scored less touchdowns than all the starting running backs and some more backup running backs. So I think Le'Veon Bell finds the end zone more this season. I think the Jets look like a whole better offense when their offensive line is an absolute dog shit and is getting their booty claps, for their booty clap cheeks, their cheeks clapped by the defensive alignment. So obviously, funny note, what I said before is that Le'Veon Bell played much better, not really much better, but just played better without Sammy Mono under center. In the three games where Sam Darnold was out, kissing girls, doing whatever he was doing, where he ended up getting mono. And then the game after that, he was seeing ghosts. So Sam Darnold just did not look the same. 16.33 PPR points per game without Sam Darnold versus 13.8 with Sam Darnold. Seven receptions versus 3.75. His targets went way up without Sam Darnold due to the fact that Gaze had to just make sure that Le'Veon Bell was getting the ball because he's the only one who could do anything when these garbage-ass quarterbacks were playing for the team. Pretty much every number except for rushing yards was much better with out Sam Darnold. I just find that to be interesting. I don't think it's very important though because I think that Le'Veon Bell looks a lot better this year since the offensive line is much better and he was a safe play like all of last year. The problem is you don't want this guy getting you 13, 14 PPR points per game to you have drafted him in the first round as opposed to the third round. So even if he just gets slightly better, he's going to be an absolute steal at that position and be a very safe player for your fantasy team. Next guy up here is the king of safety, Javis Landry, wide receiver of the Cleveland Browns, FFPC ADP 83.15, foot 11, 205 pounds. His workout metrics are absolutely atrocious. Le'Ve- or not Le'Veon Bell, Jarvis Landry now 27.6 years old, 4.65 40-yard dash, 15th percentile, 23rd percentile speed score, 1st percentile agility score, doesn't even have a burst score or a catch radius, but the guy is good. You have to believe that because the guy's a fucking PPR, half PPR monster. Wide receiver number 31 off the board, overall pick number 80, round 7 pick. Wide receiver number 12 last year getting drafted as wide receiver number 31. Obviously, 14.8 PPR points per game, 21st at wide receiver. The key for Jarvis Landry is playing a shit ton of games every year. And he ended up getting hurt at the end of the year and ended up having surgery in the offseason. But he's one of those guys who you really slot in for 15, 16 games. Super safe in that aspect. 237.4 PPR points 
in 2019. He played 16 games, 138 targets, 8.6 per game, ninth at wide receiver, 83 total receptions, 5.2 per game, 12th at wide receiver, 1,174 yards, 73.4 per game, ninth amongst wide receivers, 12 red zone receptions, 7th amongst wide receivers, and 6th total tutties, 22nd amongst wide receivers. So why are people sleeping on Jarvis Landry? The most blatant reason is the fact that Odell Beckham Jr. is still there. There's a lot of people around fantasy that love Odell Beckham Jr. for no reason. Now, I'm not going to yell about how Odell Beckham Jr. is not very good anymore and how I think he will be a bust in fantasy. But the other reason is a actual legitimate reason is because they're going to be running the ball a lot more with Kevin Stefanski as the head coach who was formerly the offensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings who's a top three pretty much run percentage coach. So obviously that is kind of worrisome. But in a situation where the guy just gets so many receptions, he gets so many targets, why would you even be worried? The guy has finished as like a top 15 wide receiver pretty much his whole NFL career on the Dolphins and on the Browns. Now I understand that he goes from being the Dolphins wide receiver pretty much one or not really the wide receiver one necessarily but the wide receiver one in targets to being in Cleveland where he's the wide receiver one in targets and then Odell comes in and kind of fucks it a bit up but at the end of the day Jarvis Landry is still going to be very very safe due to the high amount of targets coming his way even in a run heavy offense if you look at his finishes the last bunch of years 2019 237 fantasy points 270 217 the year before 260 231 in 2018 he finishes wide receiver 18 in 2017 wide receiver 5 and wide receiver number 13 in 2016 Jarvis Landry's whole career has been consistency he just gets a shit ton of receptions his touchdown total is not going to be something abysmal I predict he scores five fucking touchdowns this year but he's easily going to get over a thousand yards could see almost 150 targets even in a run heavy offense and if Odell was to go down I think he would be even better so I think we see Jarvis Landry absolutely eat in 2020 and be a super safe pick for you to find in the seventh round of your fantasy football drafts. Before we get into the recent news about Jarvis Landry, I'd like to ask if you guys could please click that subscribe button down below. It's free and I'm going to be producing content just like this video. Very fun videos every single day. For your guys liking, I would really appreciate that. And if you want, you could also click the notification bell so you make sure you get every single video when I upload them every morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then once we get to like July and August, you're going to be seeing multiple videos every single day coming from me. So the recent news about Odell, not Odell, is Jar- of Jarvis Landry is that he is ahead of schedule. He ended up injuring his hip and they're saying he's a bit ahead of schedule in his rehab for the off-season hip surgery that happened in February. It goes on to talk about how his projected date is sometime in August and then how he's a target hog just like I already spoke about. So I think Jarvis Landry should be fine for 2020. I was a bit worried earlier, now not so worried at all since it seems like he is ahead of schedule for his uh, hip injury. So Adam Thielen is the next player to talk about. FFPC ADP uh, for 2020 is 49.85, obviously a Minnesota Viking, 6'3", 200 pounds. I do a whole video going super in-depth on Adam Thielen in my top 12 wide receiver video. If you guys missed out on that, I talk about him probably more extensively than I do here, but I still want to talk about why I believe he's so safe. He's 52nd percentile 40-yard dash, 58th percentile speed score, 50th percentile burst score, 47th percentile agility score, and a 68th percentile catch radius, 1% off of being very nice. So, Adam Thielen, obviously, is now without his buddy, Stefan Diggs, but I don't think Kirk Cousins was Stefan Diggs' buddy, because Stefan Diggs fucking hates Kirk Cousins. His ADP right now, Adam Thielen, wide receiver number 17, overall pick 48, and is a fourth 
round pick. Now, last season, his stats were absolutely garbage due to the fact that a lot of his games towards the end of the year, I believe it was three or four games we're going to go into those stats, where pretty much he was just a fucking decoy because he ended up getting hurt and he really couldn't do anything. Finished wide receiver number 63, 11.4 PPR points per game, 42nd at wide receiver. He played 10 total games, like I said, 48 receptions, 4.8 per game, 30 receptions, 3.0 per game, 418 receiving yards, 41.8 per game, 7 total touchdowns, 13th amongst wide receivers, and 5 red zone receptions, 42nd amongst wide receivers. Now, I understand these stats are not going to call out to you, but the fact is that he ended up getting hurt, and he was used as a decoy. So that thigh hamstring strain grade 2 happens week 9. He misses 4 total games, and after that, his numbers are just fucking atrocious. If you look at the numbers, the 7 games before he ended up getting hurt in week 9, so the first 8 uh, weeks of the season, they obviously had a bye in one of those weeks, and out of split were the 3 games after that, where he's absolutely hurt. So before that, 13.53 PPR or half PPR points per game, 15.46 PPR points per game, 3.86 receptions, 5.71 targets, 0.86 touchdowns per game, and 55 receiving yards in the games when he was just absolutely fu- fucked up and he just couldn't play. Those were three games, 1.57 PPR or 2.07 PPR points per game, 1.57 half PPR points per game, one receptions, 2.67 targets, and nine receiving yards and zero touchdowns. So it's obvious that he was a decoy in those games. And Adam Thielen was always the alpha wide receiver on the team. Maybe not in the sense of being the best wide receiver, but being the guy that Kirk was going to look for most on the team. And now he cements himself as that alpha guy. I understand he's a slot wide receiver. But that doesn't mean Adam Thielen isn't going to get absolutely fucking peppered with the targets. I think we see Adam Thielen really tear it up in 2020. Like the season we saw in 2018 where he was one of the top eight wide receivers for the whole beginning of the season. He was like the number one wide receiver for the first eight weeks. And now with Stefan Diggs gone, I think the sky's the limit for Adam Thielen, especially since they just brought in Justin Jefferson. They don't really have anyone aside from him. Obviously, they have Kyle Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, and Irv Smith. And they obviously have Dalvin Cook to take away some of those pass-catching opportunities. But right now, unsure about Dalvin Cook since he's holding out. So I think Adam Thielen is really going to be a super-duper safe pick this year. If you're trying to be safe in the first couple of rounds, make sure to wrap it up and draft Adam Thielen. Next guy on the board here, Matty Ice, quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons, FFPC ADP 90.48, 6'5", 228 pounds, 35 years young. Matt Ryan's 40-yard dash, 4.89, probably what you expected, 44th percentile, doesn't even have a burst score, no throw velocity here, 15th percentile agility score, and a 71st percentile wonderlick, so he's not wicked smart like some of those other guys that we've talked about in the quarterback videos, but he's pretty smart, obviously, but that doesn't fucking mean anything, how smart you are to me, because we saw Matt Ryan... I'm not going to fucking challenge how smart the guy is because he's a fucking good quarterback in the NFL and probably should have a Super Bowl ring, but he ended up choking that away. Matty Ice, obviously quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons, or his ADP at quarterback is number eight overall pick 90 and round numero eight. Quarterback number 11 last season in 15 games, 616 passing attempts, 41.1 per game, third in the NFL, but obviously I said they're the most pass-heavy offense because they had another quarterback playing that other game. 41.1 pass attempts per game is a super high amount. 4,466 passing yards, 297.7 per game, fifth in the NFL. 26 passing touchdowns at a 4.2% rate, eighth at quarterback. I talk about this in every video when we're talking about quarterbacks. The passing touchdown rate, around 5 is pretty normal for a quarterback. If he was at like 3.5, I would say, dang, that's going to definitely go up. But 42 
is also kind of normal, but I wouldn't be surprised if he threw around 30 passing touchdowns this year. So he's going pretty very well underrated for how he plays, and he's also just a super-duper safe pick. Like I said, 14 INTs last year, 16 interceptable passes, 18th in the NFL. He does end up rushing the ball. You obviously can't see all of his rushing stats, so I'm going to move myself up here real quick so you can read all of that. 34 carries, 18th in the NFL, 137 rushing yards, 19th in the NFL, 9.8 per game, one rushing touchdown, 20th in the NFL, so he's not fucking Lamar Jackson, but he is going to absolutely run the ball a couple of times and help your team in that case. He's just not a statue who sits there in the pocket. Now, I always talk about this theory with Matt Ryan, which is the good year and then the great year every other year for Matt Ryan. And now I have the quarterback numbers on the screen to prove it if you guys didn't fucking believe me, even though I've been saying this since last year. So quarterback number 11 in 2019, the year before in 2018, quarterback two, and then quarterback 15, and then quarterback two in 2016. So what does that fucking tell you? It tells you he's good, and then he's great. He's good, then he's great. He's good, then he's great. So he was good last year. He is going to be great this year. Believe in the Matt Ryan formula of good and greatness, trademarked by Notorious Fantasy. Shout out to you, Matt Ryan. I think you're going to have a great year this year as a super safe quarter bike. Next super safe player up here is my boy Kareem Hunt, running back of the Cleveland Browns FFPC ADP of 2020, 55.48. 5'10", 216 pounds, a third round pick out of Toledo, 24.9 years old. Obviously was a Kansas City Chief, absolutely busted the opponent's asses all rookie season long, all sophomore season long. And then again, does that thing that, you know, we, we don't really talk about. He does that. Then he comes back to the Browns last year after being suspended and plays pretty good. So, I mean, Kareem Hunt obviously has proved that he's a good player. 4-6-2, 40-yard dash, 9-4-8, uh, speed score 44th percentile, 67th percentile, burst score 16th percentile, agility score 34th percentile, bench press. Like I said, some players, their workout metrics really tell the tale. Holy shit, this guy's great. Others will tell you, holy shit, this guy is absolutely a bag of rocks that isn't going to do anything for you. And others, it's like in the middle where you should really just assume you got to look more at who the player actually is, his stats, over the workout metrics, which is the case with karate kick Kareem Hunt. So Kareem Hunt running back number 27 coming off the board right now, overall pick 52, round 5 pick, running back 47 last year, but don't count that because he only played in 8 games. What I count is his 25th at running back at 12.7 PPR points per game basis. 43 carries, 179 rushing yards, which obviously doesn't look that hot, but I think we see an increased workload for Kareem Hunt this year. 45 targets, 5.6 per game, which is 27th at running back. So he had 45 targets in just 8 games, which is very high. Obviously, if you times that shit by 2, he's got 90 targets. Quick maths. 37 receptions, 4.6 per game. 22nd at running back. 285 receiving yards, 35.6 per game. 26th at running back. His red zone touches were 6, but he's a much more efficient goal line back than Nick Chubb and three total touchdowns, but I still think Nick Chubb overwhelmingly gets a lot of those snaps to try to get those touchdowns on the goal line. Now, the most important thing to look at why I think Kareem Hunt is going to be so safe is obviously those receiving total numbers. He's just straight up safe. He's going to see five, six targets a game, and in this new system that's going to be put in by the new offensive coordinator, not the offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings. Now the head coach, Kevin Stefanski of the Cleveland Browns last year as the offensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings. They had a 48.30% run percentage, ranked fourth in the NFL. So Kevin Stefanski loves to run the ball. The Browns ranked 15th in the NFL run percentage, 40.39 
So why wouldn't you think it would go higher with a coach that took Dalvin Cook to the next level by running him the ball so much? Kareem Hunt is the second running back on the team. I understand that, but he is going to be getting pass-catching opportunities as well as rushing opportunities to make him a running back that is going to be super safe to play in your flex on a week-in and week-out basis. And another part of the safety that comes with him is if Nick Chubb was to get hurt, Kareem Hunt's a top 10 running back, a top 5 running back. That is not really a safety type thing because you obviously don't hope Nick Chubb gets hurt. But if Nick Chubb does get hurt, Kareem Hunt instantly slots in there as a guy that you'd love to have in your fantasy football lineup. So, final guy of the video here, wide receiver Marvin Jones of the Detroit Lions, FFPC ADP on 110.63. If you guys have enjoyed the video, we're almost to the end. Please make sure to click that subscribe button. Six foot two. 200 pounds, 30 years old, 4.46, 40-yard dash, 77th percentile, 76th percentile speed score, 9th percentile burst score, 84th percentile agility score, and a 75th percentile catch radius. Now, Marvin Jones last year absolutely tore it up in the sample size of games that he ended up playing. Right now, though, going as wide receiver number 37, overall pick 106 and a ninth round pick, which in a lot of leagues you can see even fall later due to the fact that, oh, he's the wide receiver two on Detroit. Matt Stafford's injury concerns scare me. Blah, 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 blah. Wide receiver number 28 in 2019 in just 13 games, 14.9 PPR points per game, 19th at wide receiver, 92 total targets, 7.1 per game, 37th at wide receiver, 62 receptions, 4.8 per game, 32nd at wide receiver, 779 receiving yards, 59.9 per game, 36th at wide receiver, 11 red zone receptions, 9th at wide receiver, 9 total tutties, 3rd at wide receiver, and 20.2% target share in that offense. So Marvin Jones is very heavily involved in this offense, and he did good with Matt Stafford and without Matt Stafford. Now, Matt Stafford's back. I know I made the joke that a lot of people are concerned about Matt Stafford's back, and I am too, but I think he, sh- as long as he could play 10-plus games, Marvin Jones is going to be a fucking beast. He's also in an offense where a lot of people are really underrating how good the offense could be with a defense so shit. They're going to have to be throwing the rock a lot, and Marvin Jones is going to be very involved. I've talked about this before. Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay are not a 1-2 and two on a team. They're 1A, 1B. While Kenny Galladay will score way more fantasy points, Matt Stafford doesn't give a fuck if he's throwing it to Kenny Galladay or to Marvin Jones. They are both so talented that they're both going to be seeing a lot of looks. So you have to understand that when drafting Marvin Jones that he's going to be seeing a lot of looks. Now looking at his splits from last year with Matt Stafford. So in split are games played with Matt Stafford, out of split or without. So it's eight games with Matty Snapback versus five without with David Blau starting at quarterback. So in split with Matt Stafford, 13.86 half PPR points per game versus 10.4 without Matty Snapback, 16.49 PPR points versus 12.4 without Matty Snapback, so evidently very much better with Matthew Stafford. More receptions, 5.25 with Matthew Stafford versus 4 without his touchdown total, 0.75 per game versus 0.6 without his target total. Actually, was pretty similar, though, 7.12 versus 7. The reason why his receptions were just much higher is due to the fact that the ball getting thrown to him was a lot more accurate coming from Matt Stafford's hand. 66.88 yards per game versus 48.8. So I think we see another great season out of Mr. Marvin Jones, who you can find super late in the draft, and to me is a very safe pick. So thank you guys all for watching. I love each and every single one of you guys. Make sure to let me know who your guys' safe picks are down below in the comments. Make sure not to just load your team up with safe picks, though, because you need to take some risks during the draft. I love each and every single one of you. Have a great rest of your day. I'll see you motherfuckers tomorrow with another video. Click that subscribe button. Good boy!